Christians are not victims. We are not hopeless, and we are not helpless. We are armed and dangerous. You may look at me and say, you don't look too much. We are. We are armed and dangerous. We have been given weapons of spiritual warfare. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not physical, not guns, tanks, things of that nature. But the weapons of our warfare are spiritual, the Bible says. They are mighty, they are powerful, and they achieve a purpose to the pulling down of strongholds. Now what I want to ask you this morning is if Jesus Christ himself, the person of Christ, were to stand before you and speak to you, would you believe what he said? Amen. Now, I'm not Jesus, but the vicar of Christ is here, the Holy Spirit. Amen. The one who authored the word of God is here. And as Jesus spoke, and this is recorded in the Gospels, he did so with a mighty anointing of this same Holy Spirit. So that when we read, if you've got a red letter edition of your Bible, and you open up your New Testament, and you notice that the words that are in red, be confident that these are the very words that Christ himself spoke. And they are just as true today as they were 2,000 years ago, we initially uttered them. And we are to embrace them as such. And our confidence is to be in what the Lord has said. Now I'm going to share some things with you this morning from the Word of God that is applicable to us, but all too often we live below the blessings that God has provided for us. Jesus said, believe me, the first two words of the 11th verse, he said, believe me. That's just a simple thing. Believe me. You want to go to heaven? You better believe Jesus because you ain't going no other way. Amen. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. You either believe me because I said it, or you put your faith in me based on the demonstration of God's power in my life, in the things that I have done and that I do. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Now that intimidates us. Do what, Jesus? Jesus said the works that he does, we will do also. And then here's the one that really not slaps us on both sides of the face and knocks us cross-eyed. Jesus said to us, Greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Now that intimate, we mean greater works than these. Jesus said greater works than these we would do because he goes to his Father. And whatever you, us, let's apply that to where we live, ask in my name that I will do that the Father, the purpose is that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, Jesus said, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 16, he makes this, uh, this connection. And I'll pray the Father, he'll give you another helper. <coughs> he'll give you another comforter. The paraclete, the one calls alongside to help. That he, listen, may abide with you forever. 
Brother Andy, are we going to have the Holy Ghost in heaven? I guess we will because Jesus said that he would abide with us forever. Amen. That's a wonderful feeling, isn't it? We don't take a moment to realize that this same spirit that we experience in the context of the church is the same spirit we are going to experience in the eternal kingdom of God Almighty. Amen. I think one of the first things, there's going to be a familiarity for us, and we sing that song, we all get to heaven. When we get to heaven, it's going to be familiar to us because the same spirit that we have experienced in the context of the church abides in heaven. Amen. And for all the glorious wonders of the new Jerusalem, I got a feeling that his presence is what's going to make it home for us. <laughs> I didn't get that just right then. God's great, didn't he? I didn't know how I was going to end this message to the choir, son. Amen. I pray, you know, I practice what I preach. I get up here, Lord, it's in your hands. Amen. But he did. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you on the day of Pentecost. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Then in Mark chapter 13, beginning with the 31st verse, Jesus said, will we believe what Jesus said? That's why I ain't got the, if I took the wireless mic, I'd preach for four hours. So I'm standing behind the pulpit. Okay. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Talking about his return. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house, listen, and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. But I want to back up that 34th verse where he said, the kingdom of heaven is like this, one who gave authority to his servants and to each his work. We have been given authority and power. Praise God. Jesus said greater works we would do. Greater works we would see. Greater works we would accomplish. That don't mean that we're greater than Jesus, but it means that the Spirit of God working in us and through us is going to achieve greater ends. Now, I don't, only the Lord knows how many people heard his voice during the, uh, the three, oh, three and a half year span of his earthly ministry. That was multiplied by the ministry of the apostles. So they shared the gospel with more people than Jesus was able to reach in his ministry. And then from the apostles, the church has grown to where this gospel is now around the world. It, it is in that sense. Not that we're better than Jesus, but it is that there is a greater work to be accomplished. And he expects the church to do it. He has given us authority. Praise God. But we, all we dwell on, I just want to die and go to heaven, Brother Andy. I don't want nothing else. I just want some fire insurance. I just want to make sure that when I take my last breath, some demon don't grab me and drag me to hell. And it would surprise you the number of folks that that is their narrow mindset. And they fail to experience 
the abundant life that Jesus has promised for those who believe in him. Praise God. Now here's something that may, may knock you a little sideways this morning. When you become a child of God, your position in Christ comes first. Well, that is why you talk about Vice President Pence so much. Because I heard the man when he said it. I sat back in my chair. I said, whoa, Lord, have mercy, Jesus. What has a man just said? He said, before I'm anything else, I'm a Christian. Before I'm a husband, before I'm a father, before I'm the governor of Indiana, before everything else in my life, I am a Christian. I am a child of God, and that is my top priority. And it ought to be ours. Amen. It'd be sad if the vice president was an old man standing up making that declaration. It should be the declaration of us all. And whatever you do to make a living, that's fine. But your first priority in life should be to serve the Lord. For he has given authority to his servants and to each his work. I've been screaming this since 1984, God called me to preach. Every year. If you've been around this church for a long time, you know what's coming up next. Every child of God has a God-given purpose and place in the body of Christ you have been given a responsibility before him to do that work he has called you to do. And there ain't no outs. For the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. What does that mean, Brother Andy? That means he's not going to change his mind about you. I tell you what, I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that he's not going to change his mind about the fact that he loves me. Amen. I appreciate the fact he's not going to change his mind about the fact that he, he watches over me, that he desires to bless me. I'm grateful that he's not going to change his mind about the thoughts he thinks toward me are good thoughts. Amen. And all the other promises in the word of God. We have been given authority as servants and each to do a work. Amen. Now I know there's some folks not, you know, we've got in this and if you want to Help some people. When it talks about being baptized in Jesus' name, oh Lord, you can't, you know, the baptismal formula, all this who fall over that, all that means is in the authority of his name. I baptize you with the authority that Jesus Christ has given me in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so when you read that in the New Testament about, well, and they were baptized in Jesus' name, they were baptized under the authority. It's, it's like this. When, when the police pull you over and say, stop, in the name of the law. See, we got police here. They, they'll pull you over. I've been pulled over. Anyway, we won't get into that. Stop. And when they, listen, when they say stop in the name of the law, beloved, stop. Amen. Can I, can I give you some practical help this morning? If you get pulled over, just smile and take it. Amen. Because the tr truth is you're guilty. You've done something, you know. Stop in the name of the law. Stop by the authority that has been given to that officer by the government. In baptism is the same way. We are baptized in the name of Jesus in the authority that the Lord has given us to baptize. That's just a little old rabbit trail uh, that I wanted to share with you this morning. Acts chapter 1 and verse 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? We all know this by heart. 
And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It's more than speaking in tongues. It's more than jumping up and down. It's more than that wonderful feeling. There ain't, I mean, it's awful grammar, but it's the truth. There ain't no feeling to compare with the anointing and the presence of the Spirit of Almighty God. Woo! That world tries to counterfeit that with drugs and alcohol and immoral relationships and all this stuff, but nothing can compare with the presence of the Spirit of God. I mean, you get a feeling that, you know, you just pray, I want to feel like this all the time. Well, I reckon we will. We all get to heaven. Amen. But we've been given power. The Holy Spirit has been given to us for, for several reasons, but one of them is so that we may be endued with power when he comes upon us. And you shall be witnesses to me. I'm, fixed, I'm going to tie this up. Hang in there. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up in a cloud, received out of their sight. We shall receive power. Power. Oh, glory to God. Not fear. Power. Amen. I'll never, I'll never forget. We had an issue. lady had an unclean spirit in the service on a Sunday morning. Her family, family tried to encourage her to come down the front. She almost made it. She turned around and ran back into the vestibule. We ran after her. What are you talking about? Woman had an brother. Are you saying a demon? Yep, she had one or two. I don't know how many it was. But I will never. My longest day. Well, I'll never forget. You know, a couple of the brothers we was back there, and brother and I. I, I ain't saying this to puff brother Otis up. But when Otis Grogan gets under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, something's going to give, folks. That thing lunged at him, and he lunged back. And these are, he said, I ain't afraid of you. Come out of her in the name of Jesus. Ha! I mean, that thing, and, and all this stuff, and Brother Grogan, I ain't afraid of you. Where'd that come from? The Spirit of God. For we have received power, amen, authority over the enemy. We don't live in fear. We're not victims. We're not hopeless. Praise God. We have been given power, the Holy Ghost. What happened then? That thing come out. It had no other choice. Sister opened the door and shoot it out the, out the front door right out there. Boy, some of y'all big-eyed now. Boy, I hope it don't happen today. Little Daniel hung on to the door as he's coming in. I mean, he hung. Boy, he had, a, he had a grip on that door. I told him, I said, son, this ain't that snake handling church. You can come on in here. It's all right. We've been given power. We've been given authority. 1 Corinthians 2 and 1. Let's listen to the Apostle Paul. I'm going somewhere. Hang in there with me. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or, or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Listen, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with pervasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. 
that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Jesus said, I give you power and authority over all the power and authority of the enemy. You will walk on him. Amen. He didn't say we'd handle snakes. He said we'd remove snakes. Amen. We'd tread on scorpions. Drinking the deadly thing, it would not harm us. Now, here's the deal, and this is what the Lord gave me while the choir was singing. I appreciate you brothers doing that because if you weren't sensitive to the Holy Spirit, I'd be a lot tougher on me. We have power over the devil. Listen, we don't have power over people. I, I would not take a, a poll to ask how many of you have a loved one that you would just really appreciate if they just change the way they live. They quit doing the things they're doing and they do something else. I got them. So, you know, I mean, sometimes it's, you just you bang your head against the wall. We have power over the devil. We do not have power over people. Every human being is a free moral agent. You make the decisions for yourself and you decide where you're going to spend eternity. And not only that, you decide the quality of life that you experience here on this earth. Now, this is what the Lord gave me, what the choir was saying. Because I know we all deal with that. And sometimes it's frustrating. And sometimes, it's, you know, and I've, I've had a, Brother Andy, make my loved one do right. If I could, I'd make my loved one do right. If there was something I could bang them over the head with, I would. If they was, <laughs> use that old cliche, if there was powders I could throw on them, I'd sling it. But there's not. Every person has to make up their own mind. Now, that can be kind of discouraging until the Lord brought this to my remembrance. And it's tied this thing together with three minutes to go. Many years ago, camp meeting in Doraville, Brother Lamar Vest was preaching. Great minister, great preacher. And he shared uh, something that happened in uh, the life of his aunt. His aunt and uncle were early Church of God ministers. And they had put up a tent kind of out, not in town, but kind of out uh, I don't say in the woods, but out of town. And they were at a home place. They put the tent up. They were going to hold meetings. Got the tent up Monday night. Nobody came. They preached. Nobody came. Tuesday night, just brother best aunt, husband, couple of kids. They preached, turned on the lanterns. Nobody came. Wednesday night, same deal. Nobody came. Thursday night, Empty. They preached anyway. Nobody came. Friday night, nobody came. Saturday night, before they could get started, this line of people come up with the patriarch of the family. And this, this, this was in a, if y'all know the Snuffy Smith, hillbilly type context, uh, poor folks, overalls, walked up to the front before they even got started. And uh, Brother Vest's uncle said, well, it's good to see y'all. And the man spoke up and said, we've all come to get saved. All of you? Every one of us. Preacher, we've come to get saved. We ain't been here all week, and we ain't even started service yet. We're all here to get saved. Let's get with it. Well, you know, See, preachers got egos. God help us. 
That's why I stay on preachers all the time. You know, it's, oh, Lordy, I got to pray. I got to do this. It ain't I, nothing. It's the Spirit of God or nothing happens. So, well, I asked him, well, you know, I'm glad y'all come. And, man, I'm just tickled that y'all want to get saved. But you ain't been here all week. What, what, what happened? He said, we poisoned your well. And y'all been drinking out of it all week. And we've been watching. And not a one of you has even got sick. I put enough poison in that well to kill everybody in this county. And none of you got sick. We've been in the woods. <clears throat> We've been watching you dip that water out of that bucket, out of that well. Monday night, you drank it. Nobody got sick. Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Friday, you drank it. We've been watching. And nobody got sick. So we come here tonight to get saved. Hallelujah. What do you mean, Brother Andy? What is going to affect those that need salvation? It is when they witness a demonstration of the presence and the power of God in our lives. That does it. Not someone's entertaining oratory. It's when they say we got it. We got it. And I'm not talking about when we have one of them red hot burning down the barn altar services. I'm not talking about just when we are in a congregational mode. And it's almost like being in the very bosom of the Lord himself. You know, and everybody loves everybody. I'm not talking about that. Ah, my God, I'm talking about when it is rough. I'm talking about when it gets bad, when it gets worse than bad, when it seems insurmountable, when the situation is presented to us and the only definition we can come up with is impossible. This situation is impossible. And I've done everything I know to do to affect it, and nothing has worked. And as surely as God watched over Brother Vest's family, he will also do a work of similar stature in us. Woo! That let it out. So that that one who's watching that one who's watching standing behind that tree hiding behind that bush watching and we don't realize the impact or appreciate I should say the impact that the demonstration of God's power in us will have on them. Preacher, we come to get saved. Because Jesus said if they drink any deadly thing, it will not. They didn't do that on purpose. Well, if they know they poisoning that well, they would have never took up. I mean, they ain't stupid. They would have never brought up the first bucket. They didn't know. All they knew was water. 
When they drank it, it tastes like water. Didn't taste like strychnine. I think strychnine was what he put in it. Didn't taste like poison. Didn't taste odd. They gave it to their children. Their children drank it. Nobody got sick. What are you saying? I'm talking to somebody this morning. They preached Monday night and Tuesday night to no congregation. They preached Wednesday night and Thursday night to no congregation. They preached Friday night to no congregation. There was no visible evidence that anything was going to happen. And unbeknownst to them on that Saturday night, when that crowd, that family, plural, came walking under that tent, preacher, we come to get saved. And I say that the same thing will happen for us. Brother Andy, what do I need to do? What, what strategy do I need to employ? You need to hold on to Jesus. You need to fill your place in the body of Christ. You need to accept the authority and the power that has been granted to you by God Almighty. Amen. You need to persevere. You need to show the devil that you ain't going to quit. What would I have done after a Tuesday night and nobody showed? Well, we need to pack this tent up and go somewhere. There's some people. These people don't appreciate the fact they got a man of God in this tent preaching. So, you know, whatever happens to them, happens to them. No. They lit the lights. They sang. Brother preached. And had no idea that anybody was listening. And had no idea his well been poisoned. And had no idea that a holy God was working behind the scenes to bring a miracle to pass before their very eyes. We have been given authority and power. We are not hopeless. We are not helpless. It's time to stop whining and crying. It's time to stop griping and complaining. It's time to stand up. Amen. No collusion, no obstruction. You couldn't, you couldn't help the old boy by taking this pound of flesh out in that rally the other night. I wish he'd cleaned his language up a little bit, but I can understand his frustration. You can't serve God and get by. You can't believe him and lose. It's impossible. You can't trust him and come out anywhere but on top. For he has declared, with him all things are possible. And it's time for us to believe what he said. And if nothing changes, believe what he said. 
And if time rolls on, believe what he said. And when the enemy whispers in your ear like Job's wife and says, why don't you curse him and die? Our response is, no, I will believe him and live. I will, woo, I will worship him in spite of my circumstances. I will glorify him because my worship and my praise and my service and my commitment is not dependent upon any other thing than who he is. I worship him because he is worthy, not because I feel good. I worship him because he is holy, not because my frustration or my condition has changed. I obey him because he is altogether lovely. It's not about me. It's not about what I face. It is about the king of glory, king of kings, and lord of lords. I spit. I despise the shame. Amen. I rebuke that which would influence me to let go of my faith. There's some folks in this house this morning, several of us, I'm up here. I got two sets of broke ribs. Well, Andy, we quit quieting. I did it working on the church lawnmower, praise the Lord. You would think, because I was working on the church lawnmower, that I wouldn't have rolled on my left side and heard that pop. Then the next day, when I changed the oil in the church lawnmower, I rolled on my right side, and I told Roy, I said, I have done it again. She said, what? I said, I heard it pop. 